The lakes are going to be a little roomier out there. School is in session and hunting season has begun. But Jason Durham loves fall fishing. It's a combination of two things. Definitely big fish, but those numbers too, and especially when you're talking about walleye, muskie, uh, even northern pike, smallmouth bass, my gosh. It's just a, a really great period to be out there. I like it a lot because it's not 95 degrees with 95% humidity all day long. <laughs> and the aquatic biologist discusses what effects, if any, two-line fishing would have in Minnesota. When we think about fisheries, there's three components of habitat, the people, and the fish. In terms of the habitat, I could see how potentially there would be more trolling, more boat activity on the lakes, and that could affect your aquatic vegetation a little bit. That's and I'm really reaching there yeah. to try to find something. Okay. In terms of the fish, that's an interesting one. Is is two lines in the summer per angler going to change harvest rates? I don't – it probably will a little, right? Mm-hmm. But is it going to change it as much as wheelhouse, the wheelhouse arrow has? Is it going to change it as much as our depth finders, the actual advances in boats? I don't think so. Two teachers, Dr. Andy Haves and Jason Durham, coming up on FBBC. I won't ever understand my shorties be mad When all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such But the nightlife in the city don't impress me much F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing F-I-S-H-I-I-N, fishing some trout the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when i'm f-i-s-h-double-i-n paul bunyan country this is fish and paul bunyan country we are talking with the one and only jason durham from go fish guide service but jason is back to his well nine month a year day job right <laughs> Well, day job's a good way of putting it because uh, I'm actually on my lunch break from school right now and uh, sitting behind me, I'm in my truck, so there's, oh. there's some peace and quiet and I don't get interrupted, <laughs> and uh, behind the truck is the boat. Oh, yes. There's a lot of days in the fall where I teach all day and then I guide in the evening um, and do a half-day trip and then repeat the next day. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I mean, teaching is really a, a great profession for somebody who likes the outdoors because you can, you can do that guide thing for three solid months, which are the three prime months for, for most people's fishing tastes. Absolutely. And if you look at even the Park Rapids area, we've got, I think, eight guides here and six of them are teachers. Uh, if you look at some of the other guides across the state, too, like uh, Toby Kavailovog, you know, and uh, Jason Freed, you've got educators that that fish yeah oh absolutely and i think what's really uh, i think very helpful in in being a guide is part of being a guide is teaching people and you guys have the inside track on how to how to motivate and teach people not only being able to teach people but having patience along with it oh yes (laughs) that's a very very good point All right, well, let's take a look at, uh, you know, the last, uh, well, let's talk about this whole summer. How was the summer in the Park Rapids area in general? 
Uh, overall, it was really good. What I loved was um, in June when it took a while to warm up and those water temperatures were staying very consistent. The walleye bite, it, it extended out. And uh, some pe- people caught a lot of really nice fish. And it was, a, a like I say, a, a longer period that the fish were biting very, very well. There were very few periods during the summer that the fish... Otherwise, I would say it was a fantastic summer and really looking forward to this fall as well. You know, for the 29 years I've been doing this show, it's always been about fall is the best time to fish. I don't know if it's the best time to fish, but it's certainly the time you're going to get the biggest fish in general. Well, you know, I think it's... um it's a combination of two things, definitely big fish, but those numbers, too, and especially when you're talking about walleye, muskie, uh, even northern pike, smallmouth bass, my gosh. It's just a, a really great period to be out there. I like it a lot because it's not 95 degrees with 95% humidity all day long. <laughs> so, you know, you can wear a sweatshirt and, and pants, and you're not as susceptible to damage from the sun, too. Okay. Um, are there any lakes that really stand out as for, uh, great fall lakes in the Park Rapids area? Oh, for sure. Uh, if you look at uh, the um, Fishhook Chain, Long Lake, uh, the Crowing Chain, the Mantrap Chain, I mean, there's a lot of lakes that are really, really good in the fall. And what I like is, when talking about walleye fishing, is that those fish start to move deeper and you can see them so much easier on your sonar because you can see such a greater, uh, larger area. So okay. it's really easy to spot those fish. And sometimes you can even see your bait down there below the boat. You can see, you know, your presentation, and you can watch the fish come right up to it and eat it. I think one of the big challenges for outdoor lovers in this time of year is do I fish or do I hunt? Some people have the luxury of doing both. A lot of people don't, though, and they have to pick one or the other. Yeah, for sure. And for me personally, it's an easy decision because when I was a teenager, I gave up hunting. And the reason being is back then, the deer herd was so small in our area that if you even saw a deer during the season, it was a big deal, something that you kind of bragged about. And I just got tired of that, you know, not being able to to shoot what I was after. So I just gave it up and started fishing in the fall, and I'm not going back. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, in addition to the really good bite is the fact that it's not quite as insane out there. You know, there are fewer anglers. That's that's just oh. a fact. Oh, for sure. There are so many nights that I guide after school that I am the only boat on the lake. I mean the only boat on the lake. The only disadvantage to that, though, Kev, is if you get in trouble and you, you know, need some help, you got to call a buddy and they got to bring their boat and launch it and and come out and give you a hand. So you can't just ask another angler for a tow or anything like that. Would you say we are in the fall bite now? We've had a rather cool August, or are we still uh, a ways out yet? No, I would say that we're pretty much right on top of it. Uh, The last couple days in the Parker Rapids area, or I should say a few days ago, uh, the the fishing was a, a little bit challenging, and I think it was just because of the changing water temperatures and, and the water actually mixing together. Uh, and so the fish go into a little bit of shock then. It's kind of like a human being acquiring a fever, 
And so it just takes a couple of days where they, they don't want to feed quite as aggressively. And we're past that now. So I would say we're in the fall, fall season fall bite. Much more to come with Jason Durham. And we've got another question for the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andy Hafes of Bemidji State. It's all coming up. Some people say fishing is overrated. For the record, they are wrong. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Jason Durham from Go Fish Guide Service in the Park Rapids area is my guest today. We're talking fall fishing. So what are we, what are we going to bring out there with us? Well, I would highly suggest minnows. I mean, those, those fish feed up on, on big minnows this time of year. Um, and those hardy river minnows like creek chubs and red tails just work so, so well. Um, obviously, walleyes love them, but you get a lot of northern pike, largemouth and smallmouth bass. You can sometimes even tangle with a muskie when you're doing that, but definitely bring minnows. The only thing you got to be careful about, you know, you can't transport water from the lake, so you have to plan ahead. And if you, and because those minnows are expensive too, you're going to want to bring along some extra fresh water and a cooler so you can put it in your aerated, you know, cooler and change out that water to be legal. Okay. Uh, we all know that the, the the walleye bite gets going strong again in the fall, and you just you mentioned several other species as well. I mean, it's a it's a time of to fish that everybody's everything's biting, in, and as you mentioned, big muskies too. Yeah, the muskie fishing just gets insane. In fact, that bite is definitely going right now. Uh, I know of a boat of anglers that went out this past week. Uh, fishing after dark on Mantrap Lake, and they had three muskies over 50 inches. That's a good, good night. Oh, a- absolutely. And you know what's really cool? Uh, this year, the uh, Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament, which is coming up this weekend, has put uh, Mantrap back on the uh, r- back on the list. No! Yes! I'm going to have to compete with more boats out there. <laughs> yeah, this weekend, 6th, uh, 7th, and 8th, uh, they, they will be able to go to Mantrap if they choose. It's, it's in a zone on its own, so people have to make a decision if that's where they want to fish for this tournament. Sure. Well, I tell you what, Mantrap is such a beautiful lake, and it's a great fishery. Um, those, those fish, those leech lake strain muskies that have been put in there in the past have really uh, expanded in size, and you know, I would say that it would be a really good choice for that event. I would think so. You know, the the bottom, bottom line is you need to get a muskie of over 40 inches. Uh, and if you can get a bunch of them, you've got a pretty good chance of winning that tournament. Sounds like there's been, you know, multiple fish bite nights. So Sounds definitely. good. And, and even the day bite out there, you can definitely catch fish. Okay. Uh, you mentioned bass, too. Uh, obviously, fall's a good time for them. Yeah, it's, I love fishing largemouth and smallmouth in the fall. When those lily pads start to break off and flip over, you know, that's a great time to go up really shallow with like a Northland jungle jig and pitch it up there and those big largemouth just thump that jig. Uh, but I also like fishing the rock piles and the boulder piles for, for the smallmouth bass. But people just have to remember that they are uh, catch and release in the fall, even though, you know, a lot of people don't keep smallmouth bass anyway but what a fun fight what a battle <laughs> it is and uh, and we of course up here in our neck of the woods are getting to be more and more familiar with the smallmouth as more and more lakes are getting them but uh, you guys have had that treat for a long time 
Oh, yeah, we've got a lot of bodies of water with smallmouth bass. And the, the thing I love about smallies, too, is, you know, they're aggressive, they're curious, um, they, they school up. So sometimes when you're fighting one up to the boat, you might have two, three, four of them follow. And you always have to watch under the boat, too, because of their curiosity. Um, they'll come right out to the shadow, shadow of the boat, and they'll be following you. So you, all you got to do is look down and drop right on top of them. <laughs> Um, northerns, uh, we've got the new northern rigs through much of our lakes here. Um, have you seen people taking advantage of that new regulation? Yeah, I, I really have. Um, I've seen, I think what it's really done though is, is, um, how would I put it? I think it's created a desire to keep some of those oh. smaller northern pikes because people, it raised awareness to anglers that that was a valuable thing to do and that's something they should do. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and once you know how to get the Y-bones out, uh, northerns are tasty. They're fantastic. They're absolutely great. And you can go online, you can go on YouTube, and there's all kinds of videos of how to take the Y-bones out. Piece of cake. Yeah, I th- and I think more and more people are getting to, to be aware of that, which is also helpful uh, to making them more willing to take some of those uh, smaller fish. For sure. And it, it's simple biology. You can only have so many pounds of fish per acre of water, whether that's one 20-pound northern or 21-pound northern. Those small fish, they eat a lot of forage. So right. I would highly encourage anglers to keep some of those smaller ones. Okay. Um, I think i got to go. Okay, uh, just wrapping it up, uh, Jason, uh, you still got some spots available this fall if people want to do some fall fishing with you? I have a few, not too many, but uh, you know, if you're interested in getting out on the water, give it a try. You can always find me on my cell phone, which is area code 218-252-2278. Or you can go to my website, which is go-fish-guides.com. Or you can just look me up on social media, Instagram, or Facebook. All right. Jason's got to get back to the classroom. Thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. The bell's ringing. See you, Kev. Up next, we head to aquatic biology class with Dr. Andrew Hafes of Bemidji State University. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Take good notes so you sound smart. Ask the aquatic biology. Once again, checking in with Dr. Andrew Haves from Bemidji State University, uh, the aquatic biologist there, and we're asking him tough questions every year because we get the help from his students who want to. It's a big challenge to them to come up with a tough question. And this is one, I think this is one they came up with. Um, there's been proposals in Minnesota uh, about two-line fishing. A lot of states already have it. Some have three-line fishing. Uh, it doesn't seem to be gaining a whole lot of traction, but it doesn't seem to go away either. So what about two-line fishing? How will that affect things in Minnesota? Well, I think I'm going to discriminate myself here and tell you that I'm originally from Wisconsin, so don't look down on me too much. <laughs> but the reason I'm going to say that is I think I grew up fishing with three lines. Really? Okay. And uh, I think if you think about this, when you think about fisheries, there's three components, the habitat, the people, and the fish. In terms of the habitat, I could see how potentially there would be more trolling, more boat activity on the lakes, and that could affect your aquatic vegetation a little bit. That's, and I'm really reaching there yeah. to try to find something. Okay. In terms of the fish, that's an interesting one. Is is two lines in the summer per angler going to change harvest rates? I don't – it probably will a little, right? Mm-hmm. But is it going to change it as much as wheelhouse, the wheelhouse arrow has? 
Is it going to change it as much as our depth finders, the actual advances in boats? I don't think so. I think that those things that I just listed, sonar equipment, uh, the ability to tie your trolling motor to the sonar and let the boat drive itself on a perfect depth the whole time, the wheelhouses themselves, that's really increased the number of anglers and how long they stay out there. Those are much bigger changes. So in terms of fish population dynamics, I think it's really a, a not that big of a deal. I think that if harvest rates do change a little bit, the DNR could adapt and change the regs if they needed to in certain systems. Okay. Adapt to that. So what that leaves left is the people, and it's largely those social issues, and I think that's where this is the big debate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that don't want this rule change, and there's a lot of people that do. Uh, if you're a bobber fisherman, you want to be able to throw two bobbers out, or if you're like a troller, right? Yeah. Those people really want it. If you're another person who doesn't necessarily like to have a lot of trollers on the lake and you're more of a stationary fisherman, maybe you don't want two lines. I don't know. So I think that's where the debate is, is with the people here and whether this should happen. Because to me, it seems like if you're fishing in the spot where the fish are biting, you're going to get them. And if you're fishing in a spot where the fish aren't biting, you're not going to get them, whether you have one line or two lines. I can't handle two lines in the boat. <laughs> if, and then when you get the kids out there, oh yeah. my gosh, I don't even use the one line. But uh, even ice fishing right now, I very rarely use two lines. I just, I don't know. I, I, I fish with people that do, and they use dead sticks and things like that. And I think their catch rates are a little higher than mine, but I just don't like the added stress. <laughs> so. Right. And I'm, I presume, yeah, you can you can try a few different colors, a few different yeah. presentations if you got an extra line. It might get a few more people to get a limit rather than three. But I, I, I just don't see a huge difference. I think really, yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think that the big decision should be made here. On, are we going to actually attract more people to fish if this rule goes in place? So if we if the rule gets changed to two lines, will there be more anglers in Minnesota? I don't know. Or will there be less? I think that's are we going to sell more licenses? Because that the money generated from licenses are very important in terms of the management of the system. Right. So when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking, and I think that the social issues are really the important ones on whether the public supports it or not and whether we'll actually generate more income for license sales and for protection of our resources. I imagine, I don't know if this has been proposed or not, but a $5 fee to have a second line and all of those $5 that were generated statewide came to Lake Bemidji and bought our shoreline up so it was protected. Yeah. Right? Protect. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. I don't think that's going to happen. Obviously right. not. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But um, if there's ways to generate a little bit more revenue to help protect the resources with this fee and if that public supports that, then I think it's a good thing. If not, keep it. maybe people want to keep it the way it is. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I really – don't have a dog in this fight one way or the other, other than the fact that personally, and I could continue to do it this way, I just want to worry about my one fishing rod. Right. That's what I want to, that's to me, that's fishing. I'm not one to on a patrol with three or four lines or two. I just need one. But that's a personal thing. It, yep, for you know. sure, it is. And it's so that people's opinions on this matter quite a bit. And that's what's going to drive this, I think, not the. I personally just don't think the biology behind the fish is as big of a deal as some of those other sources that I said. Okay. Uh, but 
you know, I've been in the boat with a, a bobber out or soaking a minnow while I'm drifting and could have easily had two rods in my hand while I'm relaxing. And I've thought about that. Or, well, one of those is out soaking, casting a crankbait. There's been multiple times I've been in a boat and I've been, well, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a rule. I can't do that. Yeah. Right? So I could see why people, I could see both sides of the argument for sure. Okay. But, uh, again, n- nothing huge will change as far as numbers of fish and fish populations with this. What really would dramatically change it is if we up the the uh, the limit, the possession limit would probably be the... The regs, yeah. yeah. I think the regs have the potential to offset changes that would occur if there are any. Um, but I'm suspicious that Bemidji could handle... You know, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the numbers from the DNR or anything on this. I'm just... Like I said, I think the number of wheelhouses that have occurred in the last decade, heck, the amount of snow that we're going to have this winter is going to have a bigger issue or bigger impact on the amount of harvest than whether we can fish with one line or two, is my opinion. Okay. I'm guessing the fishing rod people are very excited about the possibility of uh, two rods instead of one. (laughs) I have to go buy another nice fishing pole. That's right. (laughs) Dr. Andrew Hayes, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Dr. Andrew Haves, a really bright guy and a really nice guy, and it continues to amaze me how many otherwise really intelligent and really cool people are Packer fans. Fish Bob country, country. A great meal in a great restaurant requires planning ahead, reservations, waiting, and finally getting seated. Caviar is a new food delivery app for people that are passionate about amazing food but would rather dine at home. And just for our listeners, Caviar is offering 50% off two orders, up to $20 value per order. And all you have to do is put in the offer code NYCPOD22 at checkout. Remember, that's 50% off two orders, up to $20 value per order, with offer code NYCPOD22. Download the Caviar app and use offer code NYCPOD22.